Hey, K-State fans, this is Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com. The Wildcats have beaten the Oklahoma Sooners for the second straight year. And boy, are things rocking in Manhattan, Kansas. Maybe it's time you join GoPowerCat.com. We're 60% off right now on an annual subscription. Get on over to GoPowerCat, click that green join button, and become part of the best team and recruiting coverage you will find covering Kansas State sports. And now, it's me and former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley with the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. And they were not better than us. We were beating ourselves. And I told you to stay the damn fight. And you stood the fight and you kept battling. Guys, when you play for each other, when you play for each other, great things can happen. Well, for the second straight year, I predicted there was no chance Kansas State could beat Oklahoma. And for the second straight year, Kansas State <laughs> beat Oklahoma. Oh, man. Tim Fitzgerald and Brian Hanley with another joyous edition of the PowerCat postgame podcast brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. Caddyshack Golf Wear. Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing Willie apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Brian, down 35 to 14 with two minutes and 46 seconds left in the third quarter. Yes. Kansas State scores 24 unanswered to absolutely stun college football and uproot number three Oklahoma on its home field. This one was bigger than last year just because oh, yeah. it was on the road and coming off what looked like um, one of the worst performances we've seen from a K-State football team in a long, long time. And to put it all on top of that, they were missing so many pieces, particularly on the defensive side of the ball due to COVID or quarantines. And yet they got up off the mat and kept swinging. And then they started connecting. Then they rattled Spencer Rattler a little bit. And Skylar Thompson found his playmakers. Deuce Vaughn stepped onto the national stage. So many storylines here. First, let me just get your general reaction to this victory. Well, I mean, I just, this was a game that, you know, you usually go into a game feeling okay about, hey, if we do some certain things, we can win. This is just not one of those games that I felt that way. And the guys competed. That was the one thing that stuck out of my mind that I said that they didn't do against Arkansas State was compete. And I may have said it three or four times on the podcast. The guys competed. And even being down 35-14, 
it didn't seem like we were being dominated in the game. Like it just seemed like if we would just have gotten a first down, we could have kept moving the ball. If we just gotten another first down, we could have kept moving the ball because. I know they scored 35 points, but I don't think the defense played horrible. And especially that last two and a half quarter or the quarter and a half, I mean, they dominated the football game. So it just, we got better. We got better. The confidence level, I just feel great. I feel great. I can't be more happy for the guys and how they played and how they competed. The coaching staff deserves all the kudos in the world. As much as I wanted to beat them up, and did beat them up the two weeks ago. They deserve all the credit today because they kept the guys fighting. And the main thing is, Tim, they got better. They these guys got better with those two weeks on. They got better, or the week off. They got better. They did. They really did. Uh, picking up Jerron McPherson. Uh, was a substantial addition to this defense. Of course, he couldn't play against Arkansas State. He had a team-high 11 tackles in this game, and he seemed to be everywhere they needed him to be. Um, Just a phenomenal performance by a former walk-on who is now kind of a – Considered one of the anchors on the back end of the defense, and today we saw why they consider him to be that high of a player. He was an impact dude all day long. Yes, he was. Yes, he was just out there flying around all over the football field, hitting guys, just making plays. I mean, he, I mean, a difference maker. I mean, let's just call it, he was an absolute difference maker. He's exactly what the defense needed, just exactly what the defense needed. Just a a breath of fresh air, somebody that could go that's flying around and hitting people. And it was infectious. It was absolutely infectious. Really, really good to see. Yeah, you're right, because pretty soon um, my guy Justin Hughes was flying around from his linebacker spot. He ended up with 10 tackles, and welcome to the big stage, Khalid Duke. You played a a role last year, and now you're one of the defensive ends, and he was really disruptive down the stretches. They began to squeeze that pocket on OU OU redshirt freshman quarterback Spencer Rattler, and honestly, he hadn't seen that. Uh, you no. you talk about a kid that is as highly rated as he is, uh, that came out of high school regarded as the best in a long time, went to Oklahoma, played sparingly last year, and I, it just struck me that he's never been in the pressure cooker quite like he was today, and K-State made him break. He did not. He was so on the money through the first part of the game, and then he couldn't complete a pass when he needed it. Great job by the K-State defense that I think kind of found its footing after a first six quarters of the season that honestly was disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the defense in the first half, although I, admit, I thought the defense played well, I just thought an awful lot because the offense just couldn't sustain a drive, couldn't sustain a drive. But OU wasn't getting big-time gash plays. I mean, they got a few passing yards here and there, and we bent and we bent and they scored. But for the most part, I thought they played well. But I'm telling you what, that that last quarter and a half, that defensive line literally beat up OU's offensive line. I mean, they, they, they made them look like a JV team. I mean, they could not block them. Everything that we said about what Arkansas State did to our line – we literally did the OU's line the last quarter and a half. I mean, it looked – I've never seen anything like it. I mean, from one game to the next, one in-game to the next. I mean, they just literally just beat them up, 
just pushed them around. It was great to see. It really was. Um, I, I'm telling you what, I, I can't believe the the metamorphosis we saw from that defense. You're right. They weren't giving up the big plays. They were making uh, Rattler and that OU offense kind of methodically go down the field, but they were doing it, um, and they just couldn't get any help from that offense to get going. And then, lo and behold, they found themselves. And it yep. was a number of things. First of all, I thought Courtney Messingham – uh, abandoned what he was doing earlier in the game and said, we're going to start stretching the field Yes, from side to side and downfield. He started to really throw it around and create space for Deuce Vaughn, the little freshman running back, to work with. And boy, did he work with it. I mean, he had four oh. catches for more than 100 yards. He, he carried the ball. He had a huge touchdown run. I don't want to heap yeah. too much praise on the guy, but holy deuce. I mean, that was impressive. I mean, yes. I mean, it was impressive, Tim. It was – we literally got away from what we could not do. We, we just – we weren't going to be able to run the ball and stay in the game, just constantly run the ball here and, and stay in the game. We just weren't going to be able to do that. And that's what got us into trouble is that we tried to be almost too much ball control in the first half and we couldn't sustain drives. And then finally we opened it up and just said, you know what? The back end of OU's defense for, I don't know how many years has been horrible. And we just started attacking it, just literally started attacking it. And there was nothing that we could do that, that, that they could do. The old line came together the old line held up. I know Skyler was taking some hits, but it was because it wasn't because the old line wasn't blocking. It was they were bringing more than a guy more than what we had to block. So there was always a free guy. But he was getting rid of the football. He was getting rid of the football, but just throwing it down the field. It was a, a, an in-game adjustment that I'm not used to seeing out of Kansas State, and it was great to see because it won us the football game. Deuce Vaughn, four catches, 129 yards. On the ground, it goes down as eight carries for 45 yards, but a long of 38. That is a stat that lies to you because he had an impact on this game by forcing yeah, OU to really keep an eye on, on him. The best news for K-State is Skylar Thompson ends this game, 18 of 25, no interceptions, throws for 334 yards and had a long completion of 78 yards, which uh, was absolutely amazing to see. It went to the other freshman running back, Keon Mosey, who snuck out of the backfield and was wide open. And uh, he got so far down the field, he had to stop running his route because he was afraid Skyler wasn't going to be able to get him the ball. And he didn't quite get to the end zone, but he set something up and um, welcome to Kansas State. I mean, these freshmen really played well. Bradley Moore with four catches. 31 yards as a senior tight end continues to be a big weapon for the Wildcats. But we got to talk about uh, first Skylar Thompson. He really did take command and make some big time throws. And when Skylar gets rolling, he's pretty fun to watch. When he's not, when he's struggling, it's a struggle to watch him. But man, was he really good in those final two quarters. He was very good. Uh, same thing. I'll say the same thing. As much as we got on him a couple, or as I got on him a couple weeks ago, I'm going to heap all the praise on him again. He stood in that pocket and he took a beating. He did. He got beat up, 
And it was a weird thing because usually when quarterbacks get beat up, you think that the old line's not doing their job. No, they did. They just we got everybody out into pass, you know, into pass routes, and they just brought one more guy than what we could block. There was more than what we had there to block. He was just getting rid of the football. The kid played great. You got to give him all the credit. He did not turn the football over, which is another key to the game that we to help us win. Didn't turn it over. Made the right reads. He just played an outstanding game. And it's like you said, when he plays well, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. And this was, I mean, this was his best game. I don't, I mean, I know he's had other good games, but this was his best game to me by far because he controlled the football game. He controlled the football game when we had, when we had, when he had to. I mean, you know, didn't turn it over, made the right reads, made the right throws. You know, it just it wasn't perfect, but he didn't have to be perfect. He just played an outstanding football game. Could not be more proud of him. He ran the ball nine times, ended up picking up 10 yards. He gained 17 and lost seven over the course of the game and three touchdowns. Now, that's being efficient with your yardages. Uh, boy, he got into the end zone when you really needed him to get into the end zone. Yep. Um, but now we got to go to it. That offensive line, it looked like same story, second verse. Is that the right? Second chapter? I, I yeah. mentioned my metaphors there. Um, and uh, then they just started to get better. And better. And Christian Duffy took over at left tackle. He wasn't available in the yes. first game. And I thought he made a big difference. And I thought that offensive line grew up and eventually took the fight to Oklahoma's front and started winning the day. Yeah. That, I mean, it, just what you said. It just seemed like they, they made that change. And Duffy was a huge difference. I mean, he's super athletic. It looked like to me that he was out there running guys down and I mean on on stretch plays uh he's five and six yards down field on stretch plays I mean it just made a difference the guys got better it's like okay it's it's it seemed to be hey guys we can hold up and block these guys we're going to throw the ball down the field they're not beating us one-on-one we don't have to to double team certain guys we can block these guys and once they got their confidence that they could do it they did it, and just over and over. I mean, it was just – it was a great thing to see. You usually don't see something like that in-game. Usually it's more of a – you know, the, the, if, if you're running the ball, you just pound them into submission. Well, it wasn't one of those type of games. It was just, hey, we can block these guys, and how we're going to be able to do it and attack them is down the field, so we got a pass block. So let's give this guy the time that he needs. And they did it. And, I mean, literally, they were – I mean – they, they punished. I shouldn't say punished because you're not really punishing a defensive line pass blocking, but it was more like a stone wall. I mean, they just got better and better and better, and it was just awesome to see. And then, I mean, you knew we were just going to keep scoring, and I thought there's nothing that OU can do to stop us. There's The O-line took over the game. Our skill players are better than their skill players, and there was nothing that they could do. It was great to see. It was crazy. They started getting those running backs and tight ends matched up on linebackers, and they couldn't do it. They just absolutely could not cover those guys, and at times they were wide open. And Skyler was patient and let things develop quite often, and including on maybe it was his last throw of the game, where, you know, he got a little check down in there to the deuce and deuce couldn't break free to get the first down. So they had to punt it away. But uh, even that was a good decision. He put his player into a, 
a good position to score. Uh, just an amazing second-half performance. I I was watching this game early in the third quarter, midway third quarter, and wondering, yeah, maybe 28 points was about the right line. This seems like a, it's going to be a four-touchdown OU victory. You know, it's already three touchdowns here. I think K-State will score again, but I think OU's got a couple more touchdowns. That game just – it's like someone upstairs flipped a switch on everything. It was – it was incredible to watch, and I don't know uh, how to put this into words, but this is so monumental for Chris Kleiman. I mean, there were people doubting him uh, after that opener and, you know, that he took over Bill Snyder's players, and now that he's kind of going on his own, uh, they looked dreadful. They looked ill-prepared. They were mistake-prone. They had too many penalties, and then they go to Oklahoma and win the first time they've won the, a road game of that magnitude against a high-ranked team. Um, just incredible. Just absolutely incredible. I don't even know yeah. what to say. And Blake Lynch, how about that? After missing two field goals yeah. badly in that opener, buries right. the 50-yarder to win the game. Yeah, it was just, you know, we can make excuses for the guys and we can say it just looked like two weeks ago, it just looked like a team that just either didn't want to play or wasn't ready to play and hadn't practiced more than anything, just hadn't practiced, hadn't had the enough time to be prepared, you know, and it, and then that was a bad thing. I mean, it was, it just looked like this, it just would look like a team that wasn't prepared to play. And when I mean not prepared, they just hadn't practiced enough to, to win. And then they came into this game and you could see right off the bat, things were different. Now, they didn't get off to the best start, but you could see guys were playing different. It was a different atmosphere. It was a different tone. And I know OU jumped out a little bit early, and they moved the ball, and you know we came up short a few times. But it was just a different tone. And even when we got behind, you could just tell, hey, guys, we're still in this thing. We're, we're still fighting. We're still playing football. So let's just keep playing football. And they did. And they did, and they just kept playing and kept playing. And that looked like, today, it looked like a team that had practice, that had gotten better, that had been through adversity, which the first week of the season was a ton of adversity, that understood, hey, if we're going to have a, a good season, we got to stand up as men and stand up as men and go play football. And that's what they did today. That's what I'm proud of. Like I said before, I didn't think they competed two weeks ago at all, at any level from coaching on down. I thought today everybody competed. And that's all you can ask. It's all you can ask. And that's what well, I'm so proud. I mean, I, I sound like a kid at a candy store. I just sound so proud of them. I am so proud of them. Just they competed. And when you compete, these kinds of things can happen. You can come back and win these games. And it's just so good to see. So happy for them. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible day for the Kansas State Wildcats. They return home next Saturday to take on Texas Tech, which, as we record this, is down at halftime to Texas. Uh, I don't think the Red Raiders are very good. But you know what, Brian? I think this these two games that Kansas State's played has just defined perfectly for everyone to see how chaotic this pandemic season could be become because the preparation, the uh, 
the resources you have from game to game are just totally different and it's upheaval all the time. And whoever can overcome that and all the distractions has a good chance to win. And I don't know how they did it, but Kansas State found a way to overcome all the players they were missing, all the distractions they've had. And honestly, a miserable, dreadful opening performance to log a stunning victory already. Uh, we're two weeks into the Big 12 schedule and uh, Oklahoma will not be a top the Big 12 standings. Amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, that will do it for the first half of the PowerCat postgame podcast with former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley. We'll be back on the other side to talk about more details of this game, but more importantly, take some questions from Wabash Station as fans are pretty fired up about this victory. The PowerCat podcast will be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. In 2020, Kansas State upsets Oklahoma in Norman, but it was just a mere 70 years ago when I was a young tyke <clears throat> that Kansas State went to Oklahoma and did something maybe even more remarkable than what took place today. 70 years ago, Kansas State played black athletes at a University of Oklahoma football game for the first time in OU's history and forced them to break the color barrier. Soon after, Oklahoma did the same, and off we went. K-State played a very big role in integrating sports throughout the Big 12 region, the Big 7 back in the day. Pretty big stuff from Kansas State. Then and now, Kansas State 38, Oklahoma 35 as the Wildcats steal, steal a victory at Oklahoma by roaring from 21 points down late in the third quarter to win. So many, so many things to talk about. But let's get to some questions from Wabash Station right after I remind you that our postgame podcast sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. For K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories, accessories, Caddyshack Golf, where Caddy with two T's, visit CaddyshackGolf.com. And, of course, use the code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Spencer Radler, uh, he was highly touted coming into this season. He had a very good game against Missouri State. Uh, I kept reminding people that Missouri State was awful. That didn't seem to matter. 
Then he was pretty darn good for most of this game against Kansas State. Uh, for a long stretch, he had two incompletions that were interceptions, and one was off to tip ball, so that was a good play by the Kansas State's defense. The other was a just a phenomenal play uh, defensively from Gardner as he went up and kind of uh, high-pointed a ball as a cornerback and then somehow hung on to it. Uh, I thought this played out exactly like I had hoped it would for Kansas State in my five keys. Go get him, go knock him around, challenge him, and see if he can keep his composure because as a high school player, and granted that's a high school young man, he wasn't known for keeping his composure. I don't think they lo- he lost his composure, but Brian Hanley, it looked like he lost his confidence. Yep. It kind of stole his mojo as that yep. second half went on, and he did not seem to know how to deal with it. Well, I mean, and that happens with young players from time to time. I, like you said, I don't think he necessarily lost his confidence. But he definitely, or he didn't lose. I don't know. He lost his mojo. He lost something. I mean, I know that they started beating them around, and that'll take your confidence away. I know that. So I, I just, I think he, he had a swagger about him, and he was humbled. Let's just say that he was humbled by our defensive line and say our defense in general in the second half of this football game because, you know, he made plays early, played well early. Played well into the third quarter, but the last quarter and a half, he just, uh, we got after him. And when you get after somebody and they're not used to people getting after them, that'll change you. And you're not used to it and you haven't been through it and you haven't dealt with adversity, you know, as a lot of young people have not, it's difficult to deal with. And he did not deal with it well. Now, you can't blame it all on him. Because, like I said, our defensive line literally battered him around and they pushed his offensive line around. And when they weren't doing it, they were holding us. And they were getting holding penalties. I mean, we just embarrassed their offensive line. But he just didn't deal with adversity very well. And I don't know if you can blame all that on him, but, you know, that's just the growing pains of big-time football when you have a young quarterback. Yeah, and I don't know uh, how their fans will react to this, but – getting him him into three interceptions and then also forcing a fumble. And we didn't mention the block punt by A.J. Parker uh, that set up uh, the foul points. Man, I'm telling you what, they did a little bit of everything to win this game and they needed every bit of it uh, because uh, that's uh, how good Oklahoma can be. That first question was from CFI HDE. He's got another one here, and it's a pretty darn good one. How good will Deuce Vaughn be? just later this year, not even down through his career, this year as he gets more and more acclimated to this? I mean, the kid played phenomenal today. Obviously, as a running back, a lot of what you do is going to be predicated on how your offensive line plays. The line got better. Uh, I mean, the line got better today. Now, it may not all be rushing. It may be yards from scrimmage, but I expect him to be – at the top of the list when it comes from as far as running backs for yards from scrimmage per game, because the guy can do everything. I saw him pick up a blitz today. He got better. He definitely catches the ball out of the backfield. You know, he's going to do that. If he's got room to run, obviously he's going to be good, a great running back. I just expect him, you know, in the next three or four weeks to just, you know, 
as a kid that young, when you practice and you practice, you can't help but to get better. I mean, you just literally can't help but to get better. And he's just going to get better. I mean, Kansas State fans, be excited for this kid. Be excited. You know, it's not often that I'm going to say things like this about a freshman, but be excited. It's okay to be excited because he is the real deal. He's the real deal. Don't hold back with your excitement and think, oh, well, he's just a freshman. Yeah, he is just a freshman. I'm not saying he's not going to make freshman mistakes from time to time. That happens. But be excited because he's really, really good. He's really good. And he's really smart. And I think that kind of separates a lot of freshmen from other freshmen. He's very smart. And I know his dad's a scout for the Cowboys, so that clearly helps. But he's a very, very smart football player. I'm excited for him. Yeah, I really am. Defensively for K-State, uh, just listen to this. This is absolutely incredible to me. They played without starting defensive tackle Eli Huggins, who was out for, I think, quarantine protocol. They did get Khalid Duke back at defensive end, so he got the start. The story here, though, is the back end of the defense. Jerron McPherson comes back at free safety or strong safety. I'm not sure which one. I think he rotated. Ross Elder was back at free quite a bit. The cornerbacks in the start of this game were junior college transfer Justin Gardner and Eco Boy Doe, who hadn't played hardly at all other than special teams for Kansas State, is the starting cornerback going to Oklahoma. Uh, yep. I, you talk about absolutely throwing a kid. You didn't throw him into the fire. You threw him into the volcano. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and he came out of it. They played well. And yep. here's the big headline that people might have missed. A.J. Parker played nickelback most of today. Not corner. He, he played nickel for the first time in his career, and he got up to that line and hit people. He was yep. incredible at Nickelback. I can't believe how they pieced the back end of this defense together into something that could win on the road at Oklahoma. Uh, just a remarkable job by those coaches. Joe Klanderman with the safeties and, of course, Van Malone with the corners. Amazing, amazing preparation for this game. Absolutely. You didn't see a whole lot of missed tackles either, Tim. I mean, one or two here or there, but you didn't see – just all these missed tackles and yards after contact. When guys were coming up, they were making tackles, making plays. It was just, it was good to see. Even when they would get a first down, they got, they caught the ball and they got tackled right there. There was only one or two times where you saw guys breaking a tackle and getting an extra eight, 10 yards. We tackled today and that helped because it's kind of what you went back earlier in the first half is talking about they methodically had to go down the field versus just getting big play after big play after big play. And the reason for that is because we tackled. We tackled well today. Great preparation. Great preparation. TDE67 wonders about uh, this throwing game to those young running backs coming out of the backfield and if that'll be something we see more and more this season. That is something you would use, would have seen from a Chris Kleiman, Courtney Messingham offense typically – but they went out and found some young guys that really can catch the ball out of the backfield. you got to get the right parts. I think we're going to see a lot of incorporation of those running backs. Didn't even throw to the fullback either today. Those running backs into the passing game to complement what the tight ends can do and also free up the receivers. It's starting to look a little bit more like what Courtney Messingham wants from it, 
from this offense. But, boy, he was determined to run the ball between the tackles early on. And I'm like, Courtney, this ain't working. I mean, right. you can try to establish it uh, here, but they're not having to to bring up any safeties or linebackers to really check the run. You can't run the ball between the tackles. Correct. Uh, and then they went back and did it the other way. They started spreading the ball around and loosening the defense back up. But throwing to the running back – I just love it. I love when offenses do it, and it was so effective in this game. Well, you got to find your mismatches. And it's like I said earlier, our skill players on offense were better than the back-end skill and technically skill players or the back seven for OU. We had That was where our advantage was. You would never think that that would be the case, but it was. And, then we, and we exploited it, you know, and we won just think. Josh Youngblood didn't do anything today. Nope. Malik Knowles didn't do anything today. And we were still able to move the ball down the field the way that we wanted to when we needed to start doing that. And that's, I mean, like you said, we couldn't run it between the tackles. And maybe that's not going to be the strength of what we do this year. You know, obviously everybody wants to be able to run the ball between the tackles. And, and at times we're going to have to be able to do that and line up. But we didn't see a whole lot of quarterback run game doing that and i think maybe they're trying to get away from that and not get skylar beat up um which i agree with let's just throw and if we need to spread them out and throw it more then by all means let's just spread them out and throw it more but we got to find ways to be effective and i think it was great that courtney just said you know what we got to spread this thing out this is the way that we can attack them we're better than they are in the passing game versus their pass defense we're better so let's just attack with the, uh, their weakness with our strength versus them, and let's just do it. And throwing the ball to the running backs out of the backfield is just – it just I mean, it's like adding fuel to the fire. It's just adding fuel to the fire. Can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. I mean, if, if you even pay attention to an NFL game, that's what all NFL teams are running, going to, is getting a running back that can run but can catch the ball out of the backfield. So, you know, it's great – that we're doing it more, and we got a guy back there that can do it. I'm telling you. Be excited, people. Be excited. How cool is it? I saw this question on here. I can't find it right now. How cool it is, is it to see these recruits that have come in under climbing already making such an impact, and they're probably, I don't know, uh, 25% of the roster at this point because – um, you know, maybe 33% of the roster, but boy, they were present all over the field, whether it was, uh, you know, Duke or, uh, the freshman running backs or, uh, defensive backs that have stepped up. They seem to be getting playmakers. Uh, and, yep. and as they compile those over the next couple of years, it could get really good. It is very promising. Yeah, I mean that's that's all I think that fans had ask, actually been been asking for over the last six seven years. Let's just get some guys that can get on the field right now. Get more playmakers. Get guys that you know. And it's cool to to, to have to coach guys up and and maybe spend to be in the program two or three years before they're able to contribute. And that's fine. But you know what? Let's get some difference makers that can come in and contribute right now. That's what the big-time programs do. That's what Kansas State needs to get back to. That's what's fun is when you can get guys out there where you don't where you don't have to wait for them to contribute, when you know they're a great athlete and they can get out there, whether it's an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, corner, safety, receiver, whatever. 
just get the guys on the field. And that's going to make a huge difference because all that shows other recruits is, hey, if I can play, they're going to put me on this field. Why not go to K-State? Why not go there if I know that I can play, I'm going to play right now, that I don't have to wait three years to play, that I can play literally right now as a freshman if I'm able to do it. And I'm all for it because you can't have enough playmakers on the field. You just can't. It's impossible. So the more that you have, I don't care how old you are, as long as you know what you're doing, get out there and make the plays. It's real good to see that, Tim. That's really good to see. Emaw Wildcat 82 asked this, and I think this is a good way to end our podcast, Brian Hanley, is uh, I'm going to rephrase this a little bit, but does this win start to help you, help fans realize that Chris Kleiman might be starting us on a pretty remarkable journey here when he can do this facing these odds uh, only with one-and-a-half recruiting classes, you name it. This journey could get pretty fun in the near future. I think that it can However, it's still just one game. Right. And we also had a first game. So as, as good as we feel today, how bad would we, did we feel two weeks ago? So, again, I, I want to be excited. I believe that it can be the, the, the beginning of something great. I want it to be the beginning of something great. But let's just give it time. Give them time. Let's go win next week. And then let's go win the week after that. We don't have to think five years down the road right now. We just came off one of the biggest wins that we've had in a long time. Let's enjoy it. And then let's go win next week. Now, to, to really answer the question, yes, I believe that this can be the, the beginning of something great. I believe that we've got the right coach in here. I never and I repeat, never felt that way about Ron Prince. I never right. felt that that was the right guy. Uh, I mean, just his whole demeanor. Uh, but I don't even want to talk about it because that'll just make everybody mad, including myself. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I never felt that way. I felt that way from the beginning because he didn't hide from what Kansas State was. You know, Coach Kleiman didn't hide from who we are. He understands who we are what we are about, how you have to recruit here because it's different than other places, how you have to play here and, and what you're getting into and, and, and how the fan base is. He understood all of that and has bought into that and is building off of what Coach Snyder did versus pushing away what Coach Snyder did. And there's a huge difference. You can do it your own way, and, but you have to be different to, to, to coach at Kansas State. You just have to. Yeah. It's a different place. I mean, it's Manhattan's out in the middle of nowhere. You're not, you don't have a 300,000, you know, person city to sit in. And, you know, it's it's different. And I believe that he understands all of that and understands what to do. I I just think it can be something really special, but let's just not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just go win next week. Let's be happy today and let's go win next week and be happy next week. I like that sentiment. Next week it is Texas Tech. They're in a dogfight with the Longhorns right now down in Lubbock. We'll have all week to set that one up because Kansas State is 1-1 one and one on the season, but 1-0 and oh in the conference, and really this season that's what counts the most. It's all on the table for Kansas State right now. They can still keep winning and have a remarkable season despite the trip to the stumble to start the season. Brian Hanley, thank you very much. Great job as always. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. And we will be back next week with, of course, a slew of podcasts, including the pregame podcast with Brian as part of it on Thursday. And then next Saturday, we'll follow up that 2.30 p.m. game with Texas Tech with another postgame podcast, hopefully discussing the second Wildcat victory of the season. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.